Hey, welcome back to our series called The New Abnormal. Um, we've been looking at the, in the series at this just crazy time that we're in with this pandemic going on and all of the how our worlds have kind of been turned upside down. And we've been asking the question, in times like this, when things get crazy, how should we live? Uh, what should we do? And um, we, we've been looking at uh, Philippians and Paul's word as he wrote it from jail when his world got turned upside down for some really great handles. And today, we want to continue in that series with, I think, a word that every single one of us needs to hear. Um, there was a, a great story um, just a few years back. There was a guy uh, up in uh, Filler, Idaho, who stopped at a rest area to go to the bathroom. In fact, throw that picture up on the screen. That's the little restroom there in Filler, uh, Idaho. He uh, went in, he took care of business, and um, when he got done and he came back out to his truck, uh, he, he realized to his horror that his keys were gone. And he's like, I know I had them. And he looks all around. He can't find him anywhere. He goes back inside, and then he just makes this horrific discovery. Oh, no, I must have dropped him down in the toilet. Now, what do you do? I mean, this rest area is out in the middle of nowhere, and his, you know, he can't go anywhere until he gets him. And so he looks around the toilet, and there's this circular thing that he can unscrew, and he opens it and realizes he can probably wedge himself through it to get down into the sewage tank that is beneath the toilet. And so that's what he does. So he, he wedges himself in, he gets down in the tank. Now, you know, can you imagine this in a, in a tank full of sewage and he's feeling, you know, feel, feeling around in there trying to find his keys, you know, and he can't find them. Finally, you know, he's just about to be overcome by the fumes and all this stuff. And I know he's just, you know, gagging a whole nine yards. And, and so he decides to crawl out. He can't get out. Now he's too slippery, you know, and he can't, he can't get a hold. And, and so now, now he's not only in a sewage tank, in a rest area, he's stuck in a sewage tank, in a rest area. So <laughs> sure enough, a, a while later, another guy stops at that rest area he too needs to go to the bathroom. Are you seeing where this is going? This guy goes into the bathroom. The guy in the sewage tank hears him come in, begins to call out to him from the sewage tank. Hey! Now, how many of you are like me? That would freak you out just a little bit, huh? guy's talking to him from the sweet tank beneath it and, and the guy starts yelling to him and tells him what's going on and this guy's like you got to be kidding me man you're down in the sewage tank so he, he he gets on his phone he calls 911 and uh, here come here come the, the the fire department the police throw that picture up on the screen this is uh cliff johnson he was the he's the chief of police in filler idaho and uh, he come 11 emergency vehicles respond to this there's nothing to do in Filler, Filler, Idaho. So 11 emergency vehicles respond to this. About 17 different special people uh, come out to, to help this guy. They finally figure out that if they could get the side of that sewage tank open, they, he can crawl out. So that's what they did. They, they got the side of the sewage tank open, and he crawls out. And the fire department guys, they were so nice, they agreed to hose him off standing outside the bathroom to get all the, all the junk off of him. They hose him off, and as he's patting himself down, his keys were in his back pocket. 
That's a really bad day. <laughs> Amen. Now, Pastor Steve, why are you telling us this story? Because it's a really great story. That's a, yeah, Wanda says I build sermons around stories. Now, it has a point. Here's the point. Some of you this last week found yourself in the sewage tank. Some of you this last week found yourself in circumstances you didn't want to be in. And you were stuck. And, and as you were there, as many of us were commiserating that. Uh, many of us were, were upset about that. Many of us had a lot of anxiety. We were, we, were, we were neck deep in a place that we didn't want to be in. And, and we became negative and we became cynical and we became overwhelmed by it all. And here's what we didn't understand. Down in that tank of stuff, we didn't understand. We have the keys. We have the keys. You don't have to be there. That's what Paul tells us today. I want to walk you through that. Look at me. The title of today's message is, It's All in Your Head. It's all in your head. Everybody repeat out loud after me. I will change my life when I change the way I think. Let me look, give you a passage of Scripture. Throw it up on the screen for me. From Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Read this out loud with me. These are the words of Paul also. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you, by changing the way you what? Think. Now, here's, here's what I want you to you understand. You see, when we, we think about transformation, we think about Jesus coming into our heart, and that's a wonderful thing. He wants to give us a new heart. And if you've never invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, I encourage you, do that today, because transformation happens inside out. God will give you a new heart. But here's what I've discovered. Many of us allow God to cleanse our heart, but we don't fill our minds with the right thing. Does that make sense to you? That's why I put, this statement, I put that statement on your outline. You know, God can cleanse your heart, but you have to fill your mind. You see, this is what we know. If, if you ask Christ to make you into a new person and you, you find forgiveness for your past and you invite him to be your savior, but if you don't change what your mind's been thinking about, if you don't change what your mind has been focusing on, if you don't change what you've been allowing into your head, you're never really going to be transformed into that person God wants you to be. Does this make sense to you? And can we agree on something? Many of us are in the funk that we are in because, quite frankly, we have stinking thinking. And I think God has something better for us. I want to help you, through Paul's words to the Philippians, I want to help you change the way you think. Because here's what I know. What gets your mind gets you. And if I can help you change the way you think, I can help you with God's power to change your life. You ready? Let me give you three thoughts that Paul gives us from Philippians chapter 4, and they're great truths. Here's the first one. The point I want to make is tap into the power of praise. Tap into the power of praise. Here's what Paul says in Philippians 4.4. 4. Read it out loud with me. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I will say it again. Rejoice. 
rejoice. Now, just a thought. Stay with me a second. When you think about this last week for you, were you, were you regularly praising God for who he is and what he has done? Because here's what we know. Jesus says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you're, if you're harboring all this stuff in your heart, it's probably coming out of your mouth. If you want to know why you're negative, if you want to know why you're critical or why you're cynical or why you're always down on everything, if you wonder why you're always overwhelmed or always anxious or, or, or always depressed, a lot of this has to do with that's what's in your heart. What if you change the things that are coming out of your mouth? What if instead of pouting all the time, we praised all the time? Does this make sense to you? Look at what what Habakkuk says, Habakkuk 3. This is so good. If you go to the story of Habakkuk, the first chapter, Habakkuk is complaining to God about how bad life is. Bad guys are are winning, good guys are losing, things aren't going well. And God says, Habakkuk, don't you understand? I've got this under control. And God does this credible thing to Habakkuk to show him that even when he thinks things are coming apart, God's got his hand in it all. And so here's what Habakkuk says at the end of the book. He says, even though the fig trees have no blossom and there are no grapes on the vine, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, now read it with me, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. You know, sometimes we face these problems of life and they just seem so much bigger than we are. And that's why praise is so important. I put this on your outline because when we remember how big God is, we don't worry about how small we are. Does that make sense to you? You see, when you praise God, you magnify him. When you praise God, you think about who he is. When you praise God, you think about what he can do. And when you're thinking about who he is and what he can do, you're not thinking about all the mess that you're in. Does this make sense? I mean, think about it for a second. You know, some of the old songs of of the church we used to sing is, you know, what a mighty God we serve. You can't sing what a mighty God we serve and be worried about what you're facing. Or when we sing that song, how great thou art. You know, when we're singing that song, we can't can't sing that song on one hand and at the same time be depressed about what we're walking through. Or even this morning, it was so cold, we were driving into worship, and I I was driving here to church, and Wanda and I had the radio on, and that uh, Elevation Worship song came on, Graves into Gardens, if you know that song. And he's talking about how our God turns graves into gardens. He turns bones into armies. He makes highways out of seas, and he's the only one who can. And man, when that's the stuff that's coming out of your mouth, guess what? It changes the way you think. Amen? It changes the way you think. Um, One of the things we don't realize is our attitude is not only our choice, our attitude is contagious. How many people does it take in a meeting to bring down the atmosphere of that whole meeting? It's one. How many people does it take in a meeting to lift the atmosphere of that entire meeting? Just takes one. Look at me. Be that one. Can I give you a classic example? I just thought this was one of the most marvelous things I've seen of the power of contagious praise. This happened at um, the uh, airport in uh, Chicago 
when a guy just decided publicly at a gate he was going to praise God. Okay, this is at Midway Airport. P- play that video for me, would you? Hey, everyone. Uh, sitting here waiting for a plane at Midway, and we got a little revival night going, man. Uh, I just want to share with you. Hold on, let me flip this around. No, I am. I want to be on that plane. I, I thought, can't you imagine this? This is just so incredible to me. That we, we think about all the anxiety around flying. We think about all the anxiety that people are going through. And here's a God who he just isn't, he's not even, he's not so shy that he doesn't mind just praising God out loud. And as he does it, did you see what was happening for that entire gate area? They were all joining in. Now look at me. You got to hear this. You see, we have what this world is looking for. And praise is one of the ways we let them know that's the God that we serve. Does this make sense to you? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, well, Pastor Steve, if I broke, up out, if I broke out singing at a gate at an airport, I would be driving people from God, not to God. You know? But you, you don't have to be. When we talk about keeping that praise in front of us, it doesn't have to be singing. It can be the word of God. Did you know God gave us his word so that we can constantly praise him? Can I give you a few, few passages? Psalm 34 says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and you know what? He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me. 
from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you, his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Amen. Again and again through the Psalms, we find the praise coming. And just think about what would, what would happen for you this last week. Well, what would happen for you in this week to come? If instead of complaining, instead of arguing, instead of your snide, cynical remarks, instead of being critical and sarcastic, what if instead praise began to come out of you? What would happen in you? Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Let me give you a second thought that Paul gives us. When you're praying about your current mess, <laughs> thank God for his past miracles. When you're praying about your current mess, thank God for his past miracles. Here's what Paul says, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Throw it up on the screen. Read it with me, would you, church? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, when I was looking at that scripture from Romans or from uh, Philippians 4 this last week, and I was just asking God to help me see some things that I haven't seen before and help guide me in this, one of the things that jumped out to me, and again, I've read this scripture hundreds of times, but it hit me what Paul said in there that we so, we so often miss. You, he, we get the part where it says, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. And we get that. But it hit me when I was reading that, that he didn't stop with that. He said, and give thanks for what he's done. And I realized the peace doesn't come from complaining to God about our problems. And that's often what our prayers are, isn't it? Lord, I'm in a mess. Lord, you know what's going on at work, or you know what's going on at school. Lord, you know what a problem this person is being. And we, a lot of times our prayer is just about complaining to God. And when we do that, we're not transforming our mind. We're just focusing on the issues that we're dealing with. But when we change from just not just telling God about what we're going through, when we begin to thank him for what he's done, do you realize what happens? All of a sudden, again, we go from our eyes being on the problem, we go back and remember our provider. That's why, don't miss this. The peace doesn't come from spitting out your problem to God. The peace comes from us being thankful because the thankfulness is what changes our perspective. You know, my father was a, a really simple kind of guy. Uh, he wasn't very well educated. He had dropped out of school in 10th grade. Um, there were five kids in my family. He worked two or three jobs all of his life to, to provide for us. But you know what was wild? My father, I, I never saw my father worry. I never saw him worry. I can remember when dad was on strike for a year and a half, and we have very little to no income. 
I remember when my dad's factory closed down and he had to find a job somewhere else. I remember when the second factory closed down and he had to yet find another job somewhere else. I, I remember all of these things, but I never remember my father being rattled. And you know why? Because my father spent a lot of his time with me telling me about the things that he had seen as a boy in his own family of faith. His father was, uh, my grandfather was uh, uh, not only a man of faith, he used to preach a little bit and play a little guitar on the side. And uh, there were 16 kids in my dad's family. And, and my dad told, would tell me story after story of how there was no food on the table and, and, and God provided food from a neighbor that didn't even, had, couldn't even have known that they were in need and how my grandfather's car was about to break down and yet God held it together until the revival that was over and, and, and all of this kind of stuff. And dad would tell me story after story after story. I want you to get this. So when my dad was facing a problem in front of him, he remembered the God who was behind him. And when we remember what God had has done, it gives us faith for what God will do. Does that make sense to you? Now, that's, that is a change in the way that we think. That's why Paul wasn't worried while he was in prison. That's why he wasn't concerned. That's why in chapter one, he's, he's saying, God's going to use me here. He goes, man, I don't know. You know, I, I may die. And you know what? I don't know which I want. You know, do I want to stay and keep preaching or do I want to go and be with Jesus? Whichever happens, I win. Paul had so much confidence in what God had done. He wasn't worried in what was in front of him because he believed God could do it again. Does this make sense to you? That's why, I, again, later... I went through, there's several passages that you can look up at your own time where Paul refers to this in various letters of his. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 8 through 18. Paul says, always be joyful, never stop praying. Read it with me. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belonged to Christ Jesus. God's will for you is what? Your God's will is for you to be thankful in all circumstances. Listen to me, get this. Not thankful that you're in this mess, but thankful that you're in the hand of a God who's bigger than the mess that you're in. And that's what we would give thanks for. That's why I put on your outline, we experience peace in our chaos today when we remember what God did yesterday. Let me give you one more thought. Here's what, in my words, and then I'll give you what Paul says. Control your mind. Or it will control you. Control your mind. Or it will control you. A few months ago, a guy by the name of Mike Henson had a truck that the throttle was sticking on him, an old truck, and decided he needed some help to get it fixed, so he drove it to an O'Reilly's um, auto parts place there in Springdale, Arkansas, Pulls up out front and puts it in park and he thinks, you know what, I'm not going to shut it off. I'm going to leave it running so they can come out. They may want to check it. He goes in um, and, and to talk to the guy at the counter to tell him what's going on. And as he's standing at the counter, all of a sudden the, the car, the truck roars to life and comes crashing right into the store. Mike had left his dog in the front seat. 
And when the dog saw Mike go into the store, the dog got really excited and wanted to go after him. And the dog started jumping around the front seat. And when he did, he hit the gear shift, knocked the truck into drive. And when the truck hit drive, the throttle stuck like Mike was complaining about. And it goes crashing into the store. Now, can we just agree, dogs should not be behind the wheel. You know, we think about this. Just stay with me on this. You see, vehicles are wonderful things. Vehicles can take us where we want to go. Vehicles can do a lot of good, but you, you understand this. Vehicles can also do a lot of damage if you don't guide them carefully. You know, why don't we just go out and turn our cars on and then just throw them in the drive and let them go where they want to go? Why, why don't we do that? And well, Pastor Steve, man, well, you know, you don't know where they're going to go and they're, they're going to hurt somebody. They're going to crash in something. Exactly. You have to control them. Look at me. Your mind is a gift from God. Your mind can do wonderful things. Your mind can take you wonderful places. Your mind can achieve an awful lot. But the problem is, a lot of us, we're not controlling our mind. We're allowing our mind to control us. That's why I, I, I love what Paul says. Let me give you his words. From Philippians 4, 8. Read it out loud with me. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, stay with me for a second. When you think back across this last week about where your mind was all week long, was it on things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable? Or is it on things that are excellent and worthy of praise? I I know what you're saying. Pastor Steve, you have no idea the week I had. You have no idea what I went through. How in the world could my mind have been on these? Where was Paul when he wrote this? He was in jail. Look at me. It doesn't matter what happens around you. You have control of what happens in you. And this is the gift that Paul was trying to get the church to understand. You see, you can either fixate on the problem and ruminate the disaster over and over and over again, or Paul says you can begin to shift the way you think, look for the hand of God, and you can begin to think about not only what God has done, but find the true and holy and admirable things, the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I promise you this. You can take two people and put them in the very same circumstance. And one will be smiling and at peace and have joy. And the other will be worried and anxious and full of anxiety. And the only difference between the two is how they think. Notice what Paul says. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. In other words, take charge of them. Take your mind and put them on these things. I want you to notice what Paul didn't say. Paul didn't say, follow your thoughts. He said, fix them. You be in control of where your mind. You control what goes into your mind. You control what your mind stays on. You control what you allow in. And so often, you know, we, we watch bad news and we get on social media and we allow ourselves to get all upset about all the garbage going on. And, and, and we get around people that are just naked all the time. And we, and we just let all this stuff. And we wonder why our hearts are always anxious. Paul says, fix your thoughts. What would happen for us if we did those? 
That's why I put that statement. Many of us don't fix our thoughts. We just simply follow them. What would happen for you if maybe you spent a little bit more time uh, in the Word of God rather than in the things around you? What would happen for you if you just turned off some of that negative, blasphemous noise and, and begin to allow your mind to focus on things that are lovely and admirable, true, and worthy of praise? I read a quote by a, 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 the, a little theologian that I thought was such a great quote. This theologian said, if we put our faith in God, we don't have to be afraid. If we put our faith in God, we don't have to be afraid. Isn't that a great quote? Let me show you a picture of that theologian. That's Jordan Bocox. She's a first grader here at Chartel. Friday night, instead of fixing her mind on where a lot of kids' minds go or watching things that they shouldn't be watching, Jordan was watching Pastor Sarah on Facebook talk about David and Goliath. And as she watched that story after Pastor Sarah had told the story and went through all of that, Pastor Sarah told the family on, on the video, now I want you to tell your parents what was the lesson you learned today. And those were Jordan's words to her mom, Melody. If we put our faith in God, you don't have to be afraid. Don't miss this. You see, in a world full of chaos, Jordan had this moment of peace because her mind was fixed on the right things. Does that make sense to you? Let's let a first grader teach us. Amen. <laughs> Rachel, why don't you go ahead and come on up. Rachel and the team are going to come back up, and they're going to, she's going to lead us in this uh, beautiful, beautiful song. It talks about God's transforming work in our life. But, but I want to challenge you today. You know, some of us have found ourselves in this funk for weeks, and we don't, we don't know. But we have the key right here in our pocket, gang. You don't have to be a victim of stinking thinking. You can change the way you think. And when you change the way you think, I promise you, you'll change your life. I put these notes at the bottom of your outline. You know, let the love of God fill your heart. Let the praise of God fill your lungs. Let the word of God fill your mind. Then the peace of God will fill your life. You hold the key. And I want morning, how many of us just may need to be able to say to the Lord, Lord, man, my thinking has been stinking. Uh, my mind's been on all the wrong places and on all the wrong things. I've forgotten who you are, what you can do. I've forgotten about all the good stuff that you've already done. I've, I've let a lot of garbage come out of my mouth, but not the praises of who you are and what you can do. Uh, maybe, maybe we're some of those that say, you know what, God, I, 
I, I, I complain to you an awful lot about the situations I'm in, but, you know, I don't really thank you enough for all that you've done. Or, or maybe you've realized today, you've just been following your mind. You let your mind take you down tracks and you just tag along. And, and maybe today, with the help of God's Holy Spirit, maybe, maybe today it's to say, Lord, would you help me take control? Would you help me take my mind to the places you want it to go that you can fill me with the stuff that you want to fill me with? Let's come before the Lord this morning as we sing this song. Let the Lord transform us in our hearts and in our minds. You know, I, I want to be really clear about what I'm saying today. Um, this is not about, uh, you know, just positive thinking. This is about righteous thinking. Now, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and made him your Savior and your Lord, then you're missing the boat. And today, I invite you to do that through a very simple prayer of faith. Ask him to transform your heart. He'll forgive you of your past, and he'll give you a brand new future. And today can be the first day of the rest of your life. But don't miss this. But if you've invited Christ into your heart, and you're not allowing him to transform the way that you think, you're saved, but you're probably living a defeated life. And I believe Christ has called us to be overcomers. And that's my prayer for you today, that he'll do that. Let's pray together. Father God, as we come before you this morning, we thank you for your amazing grace. Your grace that's willing to forgive us of everything we've done and to put our past behind us. You're, you say that we can, if any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. The old is gone. And behold, all things become new. And Lord, I pray for every single person in this room and every single person watching this online that if they've not opened their heart to you, that today will be that day when they make you Savior and Lord, that they will choose to follow you. But Father, it can't stop there. There is a transformation that has to happen in our minds. Your word says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by changing the way that you think. And Lord, that's what we need. Paul said, rejoice. Let praise roll out of your mouth. Be thankful. Be, let thankfulness come out of your mouth. Fix your thoughts. Don't let your mind just lead you where it wants to go. Take your mind to where it needs to be. And Lord, the promise of Paul is that when, when we do these things, we'll not only experience forgiveness, we'll experience peace, a peace that passes all understanding. So Father, I pray for each and every one of us today that you would form our heart to be like yours transform our minds, God, to, to be like the way you would think and to conform our will to be fully devoted followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we do love you with all of our hearts. Teach us what it means to love you with all of our minds. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen.